Hi, Veronica. Hi, Steve. Today, I'm going to talk with Veronica Mark of Moscow about just how much can you learn on your own in a place where the language you're learning is not spoken. Now, remember, mm -hmm. if you enjoy these videos, please subscribe, click on the bell for notifications. If you follow me on a podcast, please leave a review. I appreciate it. So, hello, Veronica. Hi. Now, we are going to speak in English because Veronica's English is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And Veronica has a web, a YouTube channel called English with Veronica or with Veronica Mark. Which is it now? With Veronica. Uh, with Veronica Mark. Yeah, you're right. With Veronica Mark. Okay. And we just had a conversation in English. And her English is, I would say, flawless. Flawless. Now, <laughs> Thank it, you. It, would I say I would mistake her for a native speaker? Not quite, but almost. And uh, the use of words, the way you put words together is completely native speaker. Uh, intonation, everything. There's just a very few little things that give you away. But what, yeah. what I find very interesting with Veronica is you have basically lived your whole life in Moscow, correct? Yeah, in Russia. Yeah, I, I'm not from Moscow, so I in lived Russia. Yeah, okay. I lived in a different city until I was mm -hmm. uh, 17. And then I moved to Moscow. Yeah. Okay. So we often hear people say, you know, to learn the language really well, you have to move to the country where the language is spoken and so forth and so on. And you are living proof that that's not necessary. So how did you go about achieving such a high level of English without really leaving Russia? Yeah. So thank you for your question. Uh, when I was in mm -hmm. school, like in Russia, it's mandatory for every student, for every kid to start learning English at school as a as the first foreign language. And uh, obviously, when I was a kid, like I was eight years old, I didn't really care about foreign languages at all. And for me, it was just another subject that I didn't like. And mm -hmm. I feel like the moment that I realized that I actually really enjoy English was when I was 16. It was my, uh, yeah, I think I was in high school, my junior year in high school, and I was just so excited to learn, to start learning English. And first of all, I only focused on the input. I was just mm -hmm. listening to something, reading books. Just first I started with some, some stupid books for kids because for me it was mm -hmm. really entertaining and they were actually really interesting. And uh, I had a I had an English teacher. She was Russian, so but she had a very good level of English, and she helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. She was always motivating me, and she she was just amazing. And I'm really grateful for her. And um, then there was time when I had to prepare to go to college. I had to take some tests and exams, and I decided to take English as my exam because in Russia we can choose. Uh, so, and then the, that is when I really had to prepare well and, but obviously when you prepare for a test, it's a little bit different than what you actually need, mm -hmm. like to communicate with people or to just mm -hmm. read something in English. And when I moved to Moscow, this is when I realized that I really lacked just, yeah, I had a lot of things that I didn't know, like culture-wise and just vocabulary. My vocabulary wasn't really as great. And uh, one of my professors, English professors, told me that I should really look into accents and think mm -hmm. about... Because my English was already pretty good. And there was one thing that she said could be better 
which is my pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes I mixed up accents. I would say something in a British accent, and then another word would be an American accent, and then my Russian accent obviously <laughs> would be also there. And this is when I, I was like, okay, now I need to really think about improving my accent, and I try to focus more on the American accent. And this is mm-hmm. when I learned all those rules of uh, connected speech, of yeah, all of those different sounds in the American mm-hmm. English. And obviously, still every single day, I focus on the input because I just read a lot mm-hmm. in English. I love reading in any language, mm-hmm. really. So for me, it was just natural to start reading in English. And I really love listening to podcasts. So uh, I should point out too that, so you speak English, you speak Chinese. What other languages do you speak? Uh, French at a beginner level. Yeah. At a beginner level. Yeah. And your Chinese is, how would you classify it? Uh, intermediate sometimes when I practice more upper intermediate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so basically when you were very young, you weren't that interested. And then at the age of 16, you become, you, you became very interested. Yeah. Very interested. And, uh, it's interesting. A lot of parents, they want their kids to learn languages, mm-hmm. English mm-hmm. in many cases. And so they sort of, they want to expose their kids to as much English as possible when they're three years old or something. They really push this early uh, immersion. And my experience has been that if, if the kid is interested, that's fine. But if, if the kid isn't interested, it's, it's don't push. Yeah. Know, because it's never too late. If somebody gets motivated at age 16, they will, they will go and learn. Yeah. Uh, and, and at the other end of the spectrum, you have countries like Sweden where all of the television programs are in English. Uh, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say they're all in English, but they're in the original version. So if it's an American television program or a British television program, all the kids are going to watch that in the original version. So Swedish kids, without even trying, they show up at school, they already have a fairly decent level in English just through all of that input. Mm-hmm. But you would not have had that because in Russia, you would not have heard so much English on no. television. Right? No, definitely not. <laughs> no. So you would have to make a special effort to get that input mm-hmm. uh, through whatever you can find on the Internet and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so the podcast that you listen to, is that mostly for pronunciation? Is it for vocabulary? Uh, how much opportunity did you have to use the language? Um, I think right now and when I was like 16 or I don't know, 18, I primarily focused more, okay, when I was like 16, 18, I focused more on the podcasts that actually taught English. They were, Mm -hmm. yeah, the hosts were native speakers of, for example, like American English, and they would Mm -hmm. explain some expressions in English. They would talk about the culture and it was really interesting to me. But right now, mm-hmm. I never listen to these podcasts anymore. I just listen to podcasts for native speakers. News, mm-hmm. I love listening to the news sometimes. And just some right. interesting podcasts about anything, really. Anything I'm interested mm-hmm. in. Is it easier to find, I presume it's easier to find the content of interest in English than in Chinese, for example? Um, or not? Yes. Maybe there's lots in Chinese. I'm not learning Chinese right now, so I don't yeah. know. Maybe there's lots of stuff, but it's easier i would say it's easier and faster to to uh, find some new content in english than in chinese but Mm -hmm. if you know where to look then it's no problem finding anything in chinese so if a person wants to achieve a high level in a language without 
having the opportunity to travel to where the language is spoken, even though that might be a long-term goal to go to the country where the language is spoken, that there is a lot that they can do on their own and that it's possible to achieve a very high level. Yeah. And what do you think are the, the main ingredients in, in order to, to be successful, in order to achieve a high level in a language uh, without having the opportunity to be in the country? What, what, yeah. are the, what, what would you say, if you had to name, say, three things that are essential in order yeah. to be successful, what would they be? Uh, being consistent is definitely going to be one of them. And I think it applies mm -hmm. to everything we do in life, not just learning a mm -hmm. language. Yeah, if you want right. to be good at sports, you need to be consistent too. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, it would be consistency, focusing on the input. And I think the third one is also going to be about something about not stressing too much, not worrying too mm -hmm. much, because the mm -hmm. thoughts we have in our head sometimes, for example, uh, it didn't help me at all when I was younger to think that my English was not good, that I couldn't mm -hmm. communicate with people because I would always feel scared and not ready to talk to other people. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely the thoughts we have, our mental state yeah, is re really important too. Well, you know, I completely agree with you. Uh, we've got to give ourselves credit for what we achieve and yeah. not criticize ourselves because we can always improve, but we yeah. all we will also continue making mistakes mm -hmm. and having things we don't understand and none of that matters. If we want it to be 100% comfortable, we stay in our native language. Yeah. Anytime we're speaking in another language, it's, it's less comfortable, but it's more fun. Yeah. And, and I think you're a proof that uh, great things can be achieved even if you're not surrounded by the language. Mm -hmm. So thank you. I hope that uh, your example can uh, encourage people. And uh, if we have, uh, as I do have viewers who are not native speakers of English, uh, they may want to check out your YouTube channel, uh, yeah. English with Veronica Mark. And I'm sure they'll find many uh, useful tips as well as lots of encouragement. So thank you very much. And yeah, uh, good you. luck in your yeah. language learning journeys. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.